Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim the Freedom. I'm here, Kevin. How are you, brother? I'm living the dream. How are you, Tim? I'm hanging in there, man. Got some big news, but yeah. I want to share it on the radio. Like I want because there's people all over the state, even out your way, that enjoy the sport of high school wrestling that are are no, say with me. So I got to give a shout out to my uh, kid. But I want to do a show. Yeah, no, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, we'll we'll do that on the radio show. Patricia, you made house. Nice. All right, on YouTube. All right. Um, yeah, so so we, we got a couple things uh, coming up. Uh, we got the New York State Elder Parole Bill. Yep. Which I called New York State to Release Jail Geriatrics because it's just too good of an alliteration to turn down. It's a great um, the uh The FDA doubling down on their <laughs> pandemic management skills. Is that what we um, call it? Because you're right. Like, yeah. That's what they're doing. Yep. It's just, uh, just they're, they're from the government and they're here to help. <laughs> That's all they can do man, <laughs> is help. Yep. Um, Define help. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Did you, did you see that uh, Department of Education person talking about that? Who, who is, who is quoting Reagan at like, uh, unironically being like, yeah, no, but like Ronald Reagan said, we're, we're from the government and we're here to help. Oh and yeah. I, I mean, just totally whiffing on the point of, of why Ronald Reagan said that. And look, forgot the first part of that quote that the most terrifying words in the English language are we're from the government and we're here to help. Yeah. I caught that. I can't remember the guy's name. God, it was par for the course, honestly, you know, it's like a little dose of reality here in bizarro world, I guess. It's that's what you get every once in a while, but uh, that was that was a that was an interesting one. Um, and uh, is Miguel Card- Cardona, education secretary? Yeah, yeah. So big Reagan fan, I'm sure. Uh, overall, yeah. A- anyway, so talk about that, and then we're going to talk about our our. Our guy, George Santos. Libertarian um, hero. Look, I got a message for the GOP on this guy. Like, uh, It's got to be for the show, though. They got, they got it. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. So we're going to talk about all that stuff, folks. And Shelly, thanks for joining us, too. Pandemic mismanagement skills from Eyewitness. Yeah, that, that's that's part of it. So we're, we're going we're to spend a segment on that. Shelly's um, in the house on time. That's crazy. That's crazy. We don't have to see I'm late from Shelly today. <laughs> congrats congrats on making it on time Shelly. uh all right so we're gonna get started in five four three now an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship left versus right us versus them while we pay to keep our politicians fighting how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time we do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Sierra today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Mayor. Hey, I'm here, Kevin. It's, it's going to be an exciting night. We have a, a bunch of great news. We have a controversial, like... One of the subjects we want to talk about, I feel like, may be slightly controversial to our audience. Um, a couple of them. We're going to kind of be, you know, 
cutting those libertarian edges. But but one of the first things I really want to do, Kevin, is um, my my young man, my my youngest kid, my son, Tiny Tim. Right? He's like six foot tall, you know, like he's a big dude. Um, hit a milestone this weekend that's really really hard to do in varsity sports and especially the sport of wrestling. But my young man has managed to string together, and this is through the COVID pandemic. Like he didn't, he got zero, zero wins the year of the COVID pandemic, 2021, 2020, excuse me. And uh, so he, he achieved 150 wins, and that's early in the season. Like he's on track for maybe, who knows, 180, 190 you know, it, it it puts puts some That's really awesome. big numbers in sight. I'm very proud of him. He's been very dedicated. Like I, I say, I, I know there's a little doubt in my voice, but he has a love affair, an on-off love affair with wrestling. But he's, he's a skilled and talented young man. He works really hard, and I'm very proud of him, Kevin. And I know wrestling's big out your way. We have some friends out that way. So I thought maybe we'd get that on the air, you know? Yeah, no, that that that's cool, man. That's uh, that's awesome to hear your your son's kicking butt, and you know, <laughs> I know folks listening on WYSL, you can't see Tim, Tim's just like beaming right. I just like man, so so proud of his son. That's it, awesome. No, it's it's great. So, it's great. Just his dedication over the years. He started wrestling when he was six years old. He used to have. It, we've had so much fun going to wrestling tournaments, meeting people from all over the state, um, all over the country, really, and. Guys, it's, it's just great. If you've got a little kid and you want to teach them to be confident in themselves and to teach them their the limits of their physical ability and it, just that test, and it, it's an old martial art. It's very solid. And it, it's great to see the controlled violence. Like, I don't like people punching each other. I don't like boxing, right? I don't mind MMA. But when it gets down to it, if you learn the sport, wrestling is really, really, really exciting passionate and it goes back to the birth of civilization you know the ancient greeks instead of killing each other decided to come up with the olympics and one of their biggest sports was in fact wrestling so plato aristotle yeah. they all quotes about it wrestlers are great right on uh, that that's awesome um so <clears throat> yeah congratulations to your son on that that's that's great um and Shout out, folks, everyone who's listening. Shelly, uh, Ryan, Bedford on Facebook, uh, Patricia on YouTube. Uh, thanks, everyone listening online. So, again, folks, if you're listening on WYSL, we, we do usually do this Tuesday evenings at 9 o'clock, and we will uh, we'll, we'll do a live show. We'll get some Facebook comments and YouTube comments. You can participate in the show. So if you're listening on WYSL, you're wondering, you know, listening to this sometimes, where that, those are coming from. We're shouting out those folks who are listening to the live version. Um. Anyway, we should uh, dive into uh, some of our topics. Too. Yeah, I, I love. Uh, I think. Should, I think the first one we want to talk about is New York State and a, a compassionate release kind of program. Where I, I think it's going to be a little controversial. Like these guys are criminals, Kevin, and they they did some egregious, committed some egregious stuff. It, might as well. They've been sentenced for long. You know, keep them in there. What do you think? Uh, yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about what the bill is and then we'll, we'll talk about the controversy around it. Um, and you know, it's, it's definitely generated some conversation on, you know, in, in the Rochester area, Sandra Dorley, the, the DA, uh, took a stand against the, the elder parole, parole bill. Um, and, and I, I had some 
good discussions on my Twitter feed around it. Um, but so what it what it does is New York, New York State already has like some like medical parole uh, type of stuff out there, right? So like that that's not this like that's that's kind of a different thing where like if you are terminally ill, you can ask for parole uh, to be released. That's not what this does. What this does is says if you are fifty five years and older and you have served at least fifteen years of your sentence, you get a guaranteed parole hearing. And if you don't get paroled, you are eligible for another automatic parole hearing two years after that one, right? Mm-hmm. So to be clear, what this doesn't do, and I, I've kind of heard this in replies to my tweets or in, in seen this uh, elsewhere in discussion around this, is what this doesn't do is automatically release people at 55. That's not what this bill does. Um, I think there's some misconception that like, oh, like, are you going to release like a, you know, someone who's committed dozens of rapes and dozens of murders? Well, no, not necessarily. They get a parole hearing and the parole board can still say, nope, we're not going to let this person out. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's like, uh, and again, this, this isn't making an argument either way. I just want to like set up what this actually does versus what it doesn't do. Cause I think people kind of jumped in with the perception that, all these folks are going to be released. New York state is not the first state to do this. There are other states like South Carolina and Mississippi um, and and others who have also done the same thing. And the reason why they're doing it is because people who like geriatric prisoners, uh, like the older prisoners are expensive. Uh, So that like, that's the big reason why they're doing it for money. Uh, Not to be cynical about it, but I like but like that's what it is is that medical care starts getting expensive if you have like a 70 year old with cancer in prison it's a lot more expensive to take care of that person than it is to take care of someone who is you know 20 with no like health needs and uh you know and i'll I'll read this comment from patricia on youtube too who says a prisoner's told me many of our prisons need elder care wings especially in retirement areas she said also many are uh are in prison for selling uh, the scripts to survive. Like, yeah, it's, you know, a thing that can happen. People can go to jail for, you know, maybe uh, some crimes that we can discuss later, but, uh, but, but it is a thing, right. And in New York state, like had a report a few years ago about their aging prison populations now up to like 11%, I think was what I looked at uh, are over 55 years old. So it's, it's, it's a big and growing chunk of the prison population, especially as you have like some of these longer sentences pile up over time. Right. Yeah. And so, again, what New York State is doing is there. Some folks are going to frame this as a compassionate thing, which we'll, we'll we'll talk about that too. But honestly, it's probably mostly about the money. And like the past reports, kind of have have emphasized the cost of this. Um, and in terms of like weighing the downside, you know, there's there's a a good chunk of evidence to suggest that after like forty five the recidivism rates start dropping so that those two things combined um but in it recidivism rate uh for, for the folks who don't know is it's uh, people going back to jail after being released right so if they go out to get released from jail are they going to go out and commit another crime um because that's the worry right and that's that's the case that um sandra dorley as a da in monroe county made is that here are people who are older who went out and committed other crimes after they were released from jail. Therefore, we should not do this program. All right. So, Tim, I've laid, I've laid out, like, I think the, the basics around this before I jump into, like, any actual arguments about it. 
What do you think, Tim? Well, ar- arguably, like there's, there's, I, I can speak from personal experience. I have a friend whose um, sister was murdered when we were all all young. Like a, a guy stabbed her in the local parking garage, and he, even with his his homicide charges, I'm not, I can't remember, second degree murder or first degree murder, something like that. He regularly comes up for parole. Um, now let, I'll be honest. I think he, according to my memory, at least he's been up six or seven times already and he's been remanded to jail each time. So now he's getting towards this, this 55 years old. I wonder if that's going to add, I think people would, would rightfully be a little bit concerned about now with a new law enhancing the opportunity for parole, is that going to encourage a parole board to release a guy who is a violent felon that committed an atrocity, you know? So, yeah. Um, And past experience again, uh, by which I mean like other States who have done this, the answer is no, like basically very, very, very few people have actually gotten released from these programs in other States. Um, for for better or worse, right? Like again, I'm not making an argument either way with that. It's just that those other states, when when things came up, they didn't, um, they haven't released many folks. Like we're, we're talking like a couple dozen folks out of like hundreds of prisoners who are eligible for this program uh, in other states. Um, and Ryan Bever said, "Let's hold the board accountable when inmates come due, and there should be a problem." And and that's so again, what what happens with a lot of parole hearings is like there there's opportunities for people in the community and victims to like kind of weigh in in a sense um and and be present for for some of these hearings um when they're making a decision then that's that's part of what happens and so that that's the big argument so there's there's one there's the if this person is released are they going to be a danger to the community and two is if they committed a serious enough crime why should they ever get out right Right? and so those are the two big arguments again so so you know, I'll, you know, I'll tackle the one that, that like, is it, sort of hard, though, but, uh, like, the, the one that, like, hey, if someone committed a really, really ugly crime at 22, are, can they be a fundamentally different person 34 years later? I'm going to go right. with yes, but that does not preclude me from offering a very sympathetic voice to people to the families of victims of, of those people. So that that's the part where it gets confusing. Um, I, I want, I want, I want to let you talk, and, but I do have another one where I think both, both of you and I'll just be like, yeah, well, of course, but go, but go ahead, Kevin. Like, yeah. But so to, to me, it's like, it kind of depends in there. I, I, I need to, a lot of the, a lot of the States, um, and, and I got to, check to see which ones are restricted near a lot of times there there are restrictions on what crimes are eligible for like this type of thing like I, I, as far as i'm aware new york state does have restrictions on that but i need to double check that um but again to me this is just an opportunity for parole there's some people who may have committed a a stupid ugly crime at 20 they may have killed someone and again they they've spent 35 years in jail Right. Thirty five years over a stupid decision that they made that they know was dumb, that they regret that, you know, they have given essentially their entire life for like their entire adult life. Should they be released? 
yeah, maybe both from a financial point of view, it would be expensive to take care of them. And also from a safety point of view, they're probably not likely to reoffend. And then from a they've been punished enough point of view. And I know the victims of the family may feel that there's no such thing as being punished enough, but you know, we, we, we have a society where like we do limit um you know what level of punishment the state gives out for crimes. So we don't we don't allow victims to, to punish directly the, the people who have hurt them for, for good reasons. Yeah. Um, um I did see something in it. I might I, I read a couple of them so I may be confusing it, but that that there are certain crimes that like if a if someone has been sentenced um to life in prison without the possibility of parole, that that is an exception to this. That you're not going to get a parole hearing automatically or ever they're going to respect the judge's ruling there and that's going to be the end of it so i i get where you're coming from i just i i am very willing to lend a sympathetic ear to to the families of you know victims of violent crimes um but to 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 take it in a different direction like there there are people in jail that have been in jail for decades for carrying heavy weights of marijuana or cocaine or stuff yeah. like that and honestly, I, I don't even want them in jail anymore. You know, like, I'm sorry to the conservative base that thinks that they've done something here. I, I'm not sure that that's true. And I think that those people should be already released, but automatically up for parole hearings, you know? Yeah, no, especially those folks, like the, the folks who have, like, again, committed these, in some cases, like, Victimless crimes and no, Ryan Beverly's no jail time for victimless crimes. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, like those folks, like that. I think we could definitely one hundred percent agree on. Like the folks who are in jail for that. Like in an ideal world, like Governor Hochul, or if she doesn't do it, you know, Governor Larry Sharp or something, they, they pardon them immediately, and like they're just out of jail. That would that would be great. But at the very least, for for people who have you know maybe committed serious but not especially violent crimes, uh, that should be a no-brainer. I, like I, I don't know why anyone would disagree with that. Um, yeah, we're, we're here to kind of push the dime on that. We want people to understand that, and Ryan did very well there, that victimless crimes are a majority of people that are serving time in prison, okay? That there is... Well, I'll correct. They're not oh, actually really? most people serving time in prison. No, like I used to think that too. I could, but I, I looked it up. Uh, most people serving time in prison are there for violent crimes, Good. right? <laughs> Good then. That right. Makes me happy. And so, in in in, you know, then it just becomes a matter of like, okay, someone serving time for a violent crime that might be like, you know, they they got in a fight or they 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 seriously injured someone. Um, and again, like I, I come back to like, okay, if someone's serving twenty years. Because like they they seriously injured someone because they're, you know, stupid at, at and usually it doesn't happen like older than like thirty years old. Like most of the crime is committed by young people. Like it's not, not and I'm not trying to like sound discriminatory, but like that's what it is. Like younger people have less impulse control, uh, and therefore tend to commit a disproportionate number of crimes. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, like someone serving decades in prison for something like that, like. I'm I'm sort of sympathetic to like, okay, they probably have matured enough to gain impulse control and they regret their actions and 
it might be prudent to release them to go and like be on their own and live their own life and not be on the system, you know, yeah, as, uh, not, not be paid for by taxpayers as much. I mean, some of them are going to end up on like Medicaid and whatever, but, sure. but that's cheaper than keeping them in jail. Probably. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and from the state's point of view, again, the state, like the, the whole, the bill, which is, I'll, I'll post a link to the bill. Um, you know, it, it, it gives a lot of these like moral reasons to do it. And like, you know, uh, people of color are, are the most likely to be victims of this. And like, you know, this is like about compassion and blah, blah, blah. It, it's about money. Like it's like, again, and, and like the libertarian me is like, yeah, okay, money. That makes sense. But the reason why is, is it, it, it's expensive to take care of older people in prison. And if they get out and can't support themselves, then they can get on Medicaid and that's on the feds dime. Oh, so, I mean, it, it's sort of on the state's dime, but like, really it's, it's, it's on the feds. Dime. Uh, yeah. I see where you're uh, if they're on Medicaid and Medicare. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Really? The federal government's going to pay for it. It's not us paying for it. We're saving saving money. <laughs> we get to signal our virtue and save money at the same time. It's a actually a a pretty fancy strategy for for our government. Really, I don't hate it. Um, yeah, I do. And... Like I said, I, I I think that where it will be controversial, you and I agree, is that that a violent felon that's committed a, an atrocity is now going to get yeah. an automatic parole. That doesn't mean they're going to get automatically paroled. They're going to get an automatic no. parole hearing. I can see where people it, are going to be upset about that. Yeah, I see where people are upset. And I, and I understand the empathy thing. And I, I don't want to... Uh, uh, Facebook user, the Fed's dime is our taxes. Yeah, yeah. I know. We, it's true. Still is. We're in on the joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, but And I know you are too. But um, so, yeah, it's... Where is it? Where is it going with this? I don't know. I got distracted by that comment. Um, no, I, I, I am empathetic to folks who are like, you know, I hey, this person hurt me. They hurt my family. They took away, you know, my brother, my son, my daughter, whatever yeah. it is, and, and, and ended their life in an awful fa fashion. You know, if they had their way, that person would probably be dead. Um, and like, I, you know, I, I get that. And you have to balance that against, okay, how do we how do we build a system that is cost effective and do we want a jail system that merely punishes like is the purpose of jail to keep violent people away from the rest of society it's the purpose of jail to punish people or is it to correct people to get them back into like reintegrate them into society again or is it all three and it might be all three it is it but is I, I would love to discuss that but we tim we're running up on break so wysl audience if you want to hear that discussion you're going to have to subscribe to our podcast. Go find us on Spotify or whatever. We're going to talk about that during the break. Uh, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. That time flew there, Kevin. Holy cow. That, that, I thought, honestly, I thought we weren't, I don't know. I can't believe how fast that segment went, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's was a quick segment. There's a lot to talk about. We, we could, we could probably spend an entire episode on this thing if we wanted, but, um, let me get to a couple comments. And then I, I do want to ask that, that I, I want you to answer that question about like the prison system. Um, but a couple comments yeah. is, uh, John Thuman on YouTube says, uh, Larry Sharp's plan for release was to empower the guards to recommend. Yeah, and that that can and should be part of it, you know. Again, Larry was 
slash Leo is. I don't know what he's doing next, but like has, you know, his, his father was a corrections officer and he went and talked to a lot of CEOs all around the state. Like I remember he was, he was out in Auburn talking to folks uh, out that way. And, you know, we talked to him about like, cause a lot of correction officers, like they do view the system as potentially rehabilitative, right? You know, again, there are some folks who are violent. If you release them, they're going to go out and hurt people, right? Like I get that. That is, that is part of it. But there are other folks who they got lost. They got caught up in some dumb stuff. And if given a new opportunity and skills and they're separated from the people who, who got them mixed up in bad things are going to go out, be released and be successful. Right. Yeah. And so he would talk to a lot of like corrections officers, like some, some are like, you know, I'm sure are cynical and like, don't like, and I've talked to some of those folks like that too, but like some are like, they're like, Hey, like what should happen is that they get out and they, you know, are able to leave, lead a normal life and not hurt anyone else. That's, that's the goal. That's um, the biggest goal for sure. Yeah. And again, uh, I mean, it's it, not, not, it, well, it, I'm sorry, but it is past violent behavior is a predictor of future violent behavior, but I get the point of there's been this extended period of incarceration, right? So to circle around to your question of, and I've wrestled with this question, is it, is, is the goal of the prison to punish or to re- rehabilitate? Like what, what would be the most appropriate way? And I've read, and Kevin, I'll be honest with you. I never got to a conclusion, but I read studies that I found controversial where like, but also not controversial made me think, okay. Like in Sweden, I think they have a, a, a little different kind of reprogramming technique where it's more like the goal of incarceration is rehabilitation. Now, I don't know yeah. if that deals with, I don't know how they deal with violent crimes, but I was kind of like always. No, it's, it's, it's them too. Like that, that guy who, who like shot up a camp with like 60 people, like he's only getting like, it's like 15 years in jail or something. It's, it's like the, the longest sentence they've ever had. Yeah. See, so like that, that feels as an American and like an emotional reactor, just like every other American that doesn't feel like enough, you know? Yeah. Is that like, I mean, we're the United States, we've taken the total opposite view. Like we, we have one of the biggest prison populations in the world, uh, like per capita. Uh, and, and the reason why is, is because of that, because of like that, what you said there to get it, I'm not even necessarily saying it's wrong uh, or, or incorrect rather. Uh, I'm saying that like, the American philosophy behind justice is if we take violent people and remove them from society for a very long time, and we just keep doing that over and over again, every time we find violent people, remove them from society, keep them locked up for decades and decades until, you know, at least again, they're older. So they're less likely to be violent. That's like an explicit part of the American justice system. Then like society will be safer and crime will be lower. And that is Joe Biden's like philosophy. Absolutely. like the, his, his tough on crime philosophy is that right, and so that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. Is is he thought like, you know, like the the gang members, the people who are violent, the people who have committed multiple violent crimes. Like we need to separate them. Like and and who cares? We don't need to be compassionate to them. We need to be compassionate to their victims and potential victims. Yeah. and keep them separated. And even if that's expensive, it is cheaper than and more just than the loss of life and the damage that they would do on the outside. So that's again, that is Joe Biden's tough on crime, like philosophy in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, 
But the consequence of that is that some people are locked up for an extremely long time, possibly for much longer than they really need to be. And, you know, they may be locked up for decades longer than when they're likely to go out and commit another violent crime. Uh, and that's like, again, the, the European model is like work towards rehabilitation, work towards getting people out and productive in society again. Uh, that that ought to be the goal, because some people in their minds are turning to crime out of desperation. Uh, and, you know, that's why they're 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 lying, they're stealing, they're joining gangs they, they because they're fearful, because they have no money. And like the conditions that create crime are solvable things, both, you know, in communities and within the correction system itself. And, and we'll, we'll get to this comment from yeah, Brian. It says, yeah. violent crime aside, I'd honestly been low enough to think about committing a crime to get three meals on the roof. How many are in a worse place than I've been? And there, there, are, there are a lot of people who will go and do stuff like that that is that is a legitimate thing it's like well you know i'm familiar with you know they'll, they'll probably go to maybe county jail for a couple months and you know if they do that during the winter that's yeah look right as violent of a place it is like they feel like they can handle it that's like a thing that's some people do yeah, right ryan's a talented dude kevin like you and like myself like he he's he gets work done and look i i, I get where he's coming from we've all been at, at that moment of uh, not all of us probably, but I've certainly been very close to that as well, Ryan, you know, where things are not, they're just not going my way. And many, many years ago, I worked hard to change those circumstances, but I could see it again in the future, you know, like that the economy is kind of a disaster. Like it's under, undersung just how bad the economy is for the middle class right now. So yeah, man, I get it. So yeah, also, there's got to be a nature of forgiveness, and I don't know. Like when it gets into violent crimes, or, or I'm less comfortable. But when we get into major frauds, or or you know, guilt by association crimes, where you're part of a conspiracy or or some part of a black market gang, and and you all get kind of looped in, I think there would be room to really get a lot of people out of prison that don't deserve to be there. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, but like, cause to me, like that's, that's the low hanging fruit stuff like that stuff, like the, the victimless crimes that, that, I mean, as some people call drug crimes, like not victimless crimes, but like, I, I generally think like we, we are way too uh, carceral about those, but, but, but really again, as I said, like, I, cause I, I used to talk about like all the people in prison for drugs and everything, but like, you know, I started doing more research, like, no, it's, it's really not it. A lot of people are, are in jail cause of, cause they were violent. And so that's a tougher question. If, if we, if if libertarians want to talk about like what do we do about like all these um you know uh, about our high jail population like saying that we want to end the war on drugs is great that's a big step in the right direction it's not going to make that big of a dent as big of a dent as people think it is though unfortunately yeah i it's... did some of that research too and yes it would be a huge impact um eliminating black markets would also have a huge impact on yeah. The, the need for you know, violent crime to enforce your black market. Um, so, I mean, look at look at the level of violent crime before, during and after alcohol prohibition. Right. Like the level of violent crime, just absolutely wild how much violent crime spiked during prohibition when you had those black markets for highly in demand product like alcohol and then how much it dipped immediately afterwards like just right as soon as you like eliminated those black markets and eliminate all those like ugly incentives to like enforce enforce your own will enforce your own contracts uh 
yeah, crime dropped. And then when did it spike again? Now, when we started ramping up the war on drugs in the 60s, Richard Nixon's war on drugs, he, he started ramping it up. The government is in the business. Spikes. Yeah, the, the government's in the business of misinterpreting statistics to, to benefit themselves. I swear to God, that's like 50% of their, their market. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, but yeah, to, to your point, though, like I, I I think the way I said this, I'm not giving enough credit to how the war ending the war on drugs would also impact violent right. crime. So that's that's a really it's it's a good point, and uh, we just say that because if we ended the war on drugs, like like really ended it, violence would probably drop quite a bit too. It would just be and you'd have less passion. less people in jail. Yeah, you'd have less people in jail for violence. Yeah. Um. So, hmm. And I don't know. I'm trying. To, I felt like I was going to make a, a, another point about this, but I, I don't know what it was. Um, oh, I was gonna. Yeah, you know, I, I won't even get into it. But I was going to talk more about the, um, you know, the recidivism rate as people get older. Again, whether or not that's a good reason, but yeah, no, that that's okay. I, I think you covered that. it very well in in the show. I do think that that um, intellectually, your your point is well taken emotionally it's hard to accept it i think you know what i mean no i get it, it, it no no i get it it's a, it's a tough argument to make and I, I generally fall on the side this is a good idea from a financial perspective it's a good idea it's an okay idea from a public safety perspective and that there are some people who may have committed violent acts in their 20s that you know i don't think deserve to be punished their entire life sure. uh and a parole board will determine that and there are some people who like they've committed crimes so serious, so ugly that like they will spend the rest of their life in jail. No one will ever release them. And again, the important thing to know with this law in, in particular is that it is not guaranteed they will get out. Right. Right. That's something to a good point. I, I this is a great philosophical point. I don't know how I know we got to get back into the show, but like will yeah. digital currency take care more, more government control, take care of black market problems? I, I don't think so. I don't I think we'll do the opposite. That's that's certainly what the government is hoping. Right. Or or yeah. you know, I mean they're gonna watch all your, your, your Venmo transactions. Ooh, Kevin, someone gave you eighty six dollars. Was it for drugs? No, it was for a volleyball league, but like thanks for yes. showing up at my house and killing my dog. Yes, it was yes, it you was know? for drugs. <laughs> yes. Just say yeah. it was. What none of your business. Yeah. Can I deduct? Can I deduct the expense off my taxes? Look, it will. You cannot. You, Tim, you must pay taxes on the proceeds from illegal activity. I, I, you don't cross the IRS. I know. There's a guy in Connecticut. <laughs> I, I heard it when I was working there last year. He was having all sorts of problems. Like he, he got um, not convicted. He got he got proven. He, he somehow got out of his drug charges. But the IRS then came after him for his illicit profit tax evasion. I mean, that that's what the uh, Al Capone got on, wasn't it? Yeah. He, was tax yeah. he wasn't paying taxes on, on the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, and we get him on all the violence. It's just yeah, all the violence he did, but <laughs> pay, pay uncle Sam. That's pretty serious. Like that's, that's Let's legit. I'd say, yeah, he didn't pay his protection money is, is what it was, you know? It's just... Oh, it's, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like people people don't handle it well when you say the government is like an organized crime syndicate. And yet everything they do mirrors how the mob built up its popularity. And then, I, I mean, 
arguably the mob saw that kind of power and they went into politics, right? So they just took, took it to the next level. I mean, like, it's literally how government started. It's, it started as like protection money. Hey, listen, we're going to steal some of your stuff. But if you let us steal some of your stuff, we'll protect you from other people stealing more of your stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a that's, good business. That's, that's the whole deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so someone out in Sumeria thought that was a, a great thing, and we just ran with it. Yep. Fair Thanks, enough. y'all. <laughs> uh, all right. We, we should. We probably should get back to the show. We've been yeah, we're <laughs> going on like, I don't know, oh, almost 15 minutes. We've done a full like mid-show segment. Time is flying tonight. I don't understand. It's it's awesome. All right. We'll go back in 10 seconds. A free solution. Back to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I am here, Kevin. What should we? We have a, a plethora of things to talk about. What? What's? What's next on the agenda for us tonight? So, so the next thing I think we're going to talk about, and folks, folks listening on WISL, we we just we just did a whole 13 minute segment on like continuing talking about prisons and rehabilitation versus punishment versus separation and and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so again, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Like, go find us on Spotify. We're, we're trying to build up our our uh, subscribers over there, and uh, and also talked about like the nature of government and organized crime too, all that stuff. Uh, so. But going on to to this segment, I think we're going to talk about the FDA, talk about them uh, doubling down on pandemic incompetence. Um, so, so Tim, do, do you want to talk about that one? Um, sure. Let's talk about the FDA wanting to approve lab tests that test for sickness. And, and the end result of what's going to happen with that is that, first of all, we saw early on that people developed rapid tests for COVID that could have been used effectively, efficiently, and quickly to, to help people self-isolate and, and perhaps slow the spread faster, get us back to work sooner. And look, uh, the whole government yep. response was bad, but this area in particular of Just... basically waiting until their preferred vendor comes out with the test that they want, when we had people making tests in their garages that could have mass produced them, and garages... A small, I mean, a small lab that, that yeah, it, like small, legitimate, labs, legitimate lab, right? like, like they, not a not a real garage yeah. thing. It's a small, legitimate no. lab with professionals in there who who were ready, willing, and able to to mobilize to take on this COVID thing. And the FDA, well, they crapped all over them. Really, you know, the government crapped all over yeah. them. Slowed down the process of getting effective testing, and and look, it was yeah. a major disappointment. Well, so, so like you're, you're, you're underselling the level of like st- stupidity and, and, and deadliness that emerged from like just rampant government incompetence at the beginning of the pandemic. Cause if you remember what happened, right. Was that the FDA, as you said, like they were regulating the test. They're saying like, no, we, people, you got to use our tests, right? Other labs had developed like other tests that were effective, that were cheaper, that they could get out to to be able to tell like very quickly whether or not someone had COVID. But the FDA told all these labs like, no, you've got to use our tests. 
And that's what they were using when they're trying to do all these tests in like February and March, early on in the pandemic, when they're trying to figure out like, where is like, that was at the time when, when, where is COVID and how fast is it spreading? And like, what do we know about this disease that is popping up here? Right. January, February, March. Turns out that test didn't work. The test was broken. It didn't work. And they tried to force everyone to use that one test in all these other testing companies that had tests that actually did work, could not get through the cumbersome and onerous process to get FDA approval to let their test that actually worked be in use. That's right. No, you have to go all, all this has to go through like our systems, through the FDA approved stuff, through the CDC systems, all this stuff. If they didn't work and so how how many people died because the the government was just bumbling around in the early period of pandemic and couldn't figure out what the heck was going on who knows but it's it's just like i it's it's wild like because i think people just forget how utterly stupid and deadly the government response to covid was in the beginning like just just so bad like you know, we, we could have gotten like a better understanding of what was going on and understood it better and like gotten a better handle on it in the beginning. But between that and like and all the other weird stuff that they did early on the pandemic, Nancy Pelosi telling people not to be racist, go out and celebrate in the streets and, and go to crowded areas uh, and then flipping on that. And then the, the whole mask weirdness thing, too. But but anyway, so the FDA. Tim, as you, as you started the state, looked at that response and said, hey, you know what we did wrong? We didn't regulate hard enough. Let's regulate harder. That's their goal right now. Yeah, just we just, we just got to regulate more. No, they <laughs> uh, they they want to to increase their power to regulate tests, um, you know, even at like within laboratories that they, you know, didn't necessarily claim jurisdiction over in, in state regulatory apparatus that they didn't necessarily claim, uh, you know, uh, control over before. Um, they, they, they've imposed like a, a series of new rules and requirements and, and approval mechanisms uh, <laughs> to, to make this whole thing worse. Again, like and that, that was like the whole thing. Like pe- people talk about like the free market couldn't have possibly – uh, like responded effectively to the pandemic. The free market did. The free market responded. It was government that was stepping on their own toes uh, and, and getting in everyone's way to respond effectively to the pandemic in the beginning. Everything was so politicized back then and everyone was was literally paranoid. Um, and some of it I got, some of it I still kind of understand, especially the, the early the early pieces of the pandemic. But when we talk about the free market getting better tests out there faster, that would have allowed a more appropriate response. When I lived in a county where there were zero COVID people, zero people with COVID, and we were still locked down and and schools were still closed out of a, a, a metric that was called an abundance of caution. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Wow. We go back to this and we had we professional labs had tests available that would have given us way better information. It, it, yeah. Look, we had people freaking out about kids walking down the street and had right. and, and like, again, gotten out of the way and allowed us to effectively communicate the risk, allowed the free market to take action. My, my God, it would have been so much better, Kevin. 
Yeah, right. And so, like, on two fronts. One, there's, like, the, the letting people evaluate their own risks and to take their own safety precautions, right? So, like, I mean, my goodness. They they were, like, chaining off parks and stuff. Yeah. Which they did in the park next to my – they chained off, like, the tennis course, like, and, and close up the basketball hoops and everything. Like, that was, like, a thing. Like, California was doing that till like, December of 2020. It was, you know, bonkers. Um, when Whereas, like, as you started to see how people naturally reacted and did stuff and interacted with one another, like, you'd start to see, like, what the actual level of risk was. And part of the, the knowledge – that can be helpful is like the development of these like rapid tests, right? Like, cause that, that was like part of the thing, right? Like we know like the rapid tests aren't like perfect. They never were. However, you know, if like you want to determine whether or not you're sick and you know, if you're really sick, you probably should have just stayed home. It, we, we, we probably always should stay home if you feel awful. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with that change of culture. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you, you you weren't sure and you wanted to take a COVID test, you could have done that. The, the barrier to doing that was the FDA. And now they want to regulate these tests as medical devices, which requires a much more significant uh, set of regulations to jump to. It's going to be longer. And the next time a pandemic happens, like we're already setting ourselves up for failure again. Because, again, innovative people, as you said, in these small labs will come up and like figure out how to make make a test and yes they're going to make a buck off of it i don't care i'm happy if they make a buck off of providing a useful service to us if they're in the free market right and they it's legitimate and it works great the fda as it turns out does not hold a good monopoly on what is actually a good and accurate test they dropped the ball this time why should we trust them I, I can't wait for aoc to come out and take on the fda on this issue, this somewhat she complicated issue, whereas which teller is more important than sunscreen, I, even like, hey, is it though, Kevin? I mean, next is thing. it because like imported sunscreen is you know far superior to American sunscreen or or whatever her argument was, um, and it was great that she took on the FDA for a lack of freedom and a lack of accountability to to and a lack of uh, free market stuff for sunscreen. I mean, that was yeah. great, but listen, she, she was, she was right on that one. Like she, she's totally right on that. I just, I wish not that sunscreen is trivial. Like it is like, it's important. It is one, it's one of those things like sugar subsidies. Yes. Like no one thinks about it, but it is an important issue or baby formula. It's not important until it's important because the, the FDA is screwing that up too. Absolutely. Um, and just, just keep applying that logic. Keep applying that same logic. Sunscreen baby formula and extend it to how do we can respond as as quickly as possible to a uh <laughs> i think i unplugged my camera okay uh, as quickly as possible to a um a pandemic certainly the free market can can allow those things to to happen we can certainly like that that's the thing we've lost this basic common sense trust in our neighbor to provide us with things that will in fact benefit us like that's the that's the concept of the free market that our, our neighbor is going to go to work to help us out if they have a specialized skill in dealing with a pandemic why would we trust why wouldn't we trust our neighbor over trusting the government like and the bureaucracy and the legions of time that it takes for them to, to like approve and develop things you know like 
that that yeah i don't know the free market is our neighbor man no, it, you know what it I'm is saying? what it is right like it's you know like uh, unfortunately the government is not set up to respond rapidly to these things and and everyone talks about like you know that Donald Trump talked about this. Obama talked about this. Biden talks about this. Like, no, next time we are going to be prepared. We have seen what happens. We're going to be ready to step up immediately and do this. Except for they won't give up their other political priors in order to make that successful. They won't say, "Hey, I mean," and they so Donald Trump to to, to either his credit or you know to his detriment, like did that in relation to vaccines. He said, "Okay, we're going to fast track vaccines because like." You know, we, we need to get this thing to people. And so that's the emergency use authorization thing, right? So we did. The, right. the FDA screwed up on the test things. Donald Trump did one of the things I'll give him credit on is like, well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this with vaccines. Now that's different than states requiring it, schools requiring it, jobs requiring it. You know, the goal is to just get this product in people's hands if they wanted to do it. Um, that's a different sure. conversation. H- having it available. And, and developed under the guidelines of of a vaccine, um, especially the, I think it was the Johnson one, the Johnson and Johnson one, uh, was it was a standard vaccine of a of a diluted virus. I, diluted is not the right word, but that to me, we we had the science, we had the technology for that to get that out there. Now I probably would have still chosen not to take that one because because of whatever but i certainly wasn't going to take the mrna ones you know what i mean like that was had no interest that's your choice but there are lots of people who did want that choice and there are companies who Mm -hmm. were willing and able to do it right right absolutely like no i even with even without like the government prize for this um you know uh with operation warp warp speed like the the companies were going to do this because people wanted this product Uh, and same with with testing too right uh people like wanted a test and they want to see that was accurate. And there were lots and lots of third party labs who were saying evaluating this test, these tests too, and saying these ones work, these ones don't work. They had plenty of samples available at the time to like evaluate these tests and get like almost real time like consumer reports level evaluation of all of these tests that were coming out. Like again, the right. free market responded spectacularly to the pandemic. It was the government. I messed up again. The free market responded with tests. They responded with hand sanitizer. They responded with mass production, you know, which again, we won't debate mass, but that was what the market thought was needed at the time, right? Like the point is that and the free market offered. Exactly. Yeah, the free market offered and the government refused. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, the Remington Arms facility up in, in uh, Ithaca offered to retool to make masks and PPE for medical professionals and the government. Governor Cuomo said no and continued to buy stuff from a Chinese porn store toy company. And it was just like ridiculous, ridiculous failure of government. Ridiculous. Not enough's been made about out that one. I, and I keep trying to bring it up and people don't really quite remember what I'm talking but there, about. There's so much weird real. stuff about the pandemic. It is hard to remember it all. Again, like you're, you're like, oh, yeah, like I forgot the FDA dropped the ball on that specific thing. I totally forgot about the weird yeah. like, Cuomo mass production stuff. And I almost forgot about the weird yeah. poster he put out, which I, I sort of regret not buying. buying. Like I should have I should have bought it. Oh and then, like God, It should yeah. be in the background of like every show. Um, I should have got one. So someone's selling them somewhere. Thank you. <laughs>
We've got to find it because it was so bad. We'll, we'll do a whole show just on that poster. He painted it himself, <laughs> Kevin. That's the beauty of it. All right. Anyway, so we, we are out of time for this segment. Thanks again for joining us here on A3 Solution. We'll be back for one more segment in just a few. Talk to you soon. freaked me out i thought my connection was going no i just i i was i think uh talking with my hands and like accidentally pulled my uh my camera (laughs) so that's awesome you're getting more and more animated i love it i love it i I gotta i I gotta find that that cuomo poster oh my god it was so bad oh man oh someone's selling one for five hundred dollars on ebay I am absolutely not paying that much for that no. poster. No, it was so bad. The the sea of tranquility, the mountain of like green snot, yeah. like the COVID mountain or something. It was just yeah. It was it was like a it was, was like a funny. supposed to be like a weird like nineteenth century like political cartoon. Um, yeah, and yeah, it just ended up being very bizarre. Yeah, there's. It's a weird sun, Donald Trump, or some who's sitting on the moon in it, and then they're all sitting at the table oh. doing their, uh, you know, <laughs> doing Whatever their, their press is. conference. I, mean, I don't know, but very. That guy was so weird, man. Like, look, I'm not happy about how he got ousted. I'm just glad he's gone, and I don't like Hokel better, but it's just like. At least he's gone. Yeah, <laughs> he, that is true. Um, he he's he's out of here, but I got it. I got the poster. Oh my god, there it is. Love wins. Mask up. There's the I don't know plane. Winds of fear. Testing. What, what is-, is going on here? Hospital surge, the Javis Center, right? That was the was that the big boat that he brought in? Yeah, no, just didn't end up doing anything. No, the Javis Center is, is a, a big facility. They also brought in a boat, but yeah, you right. don't see the boat. Um, Trump sent um, a Navy medical ship, a big, huge. Na- I can't remember the name of it, but they did open up the Javis Center. They got like twelve people in there, um, and no one, no one went on the boat. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> Uh, and they stayed in the nursing homes. Uh, I don't see that on here for some reason. I wonder why. No, he skips that uh, part. You know, hospital. Well, it's, it's there. Hospital surgeon flex is probably part of that. Yeah, nursing homes are are recovery homes, respite yeah. homes. Okay, like these are. It's not just old people that are there, but sending people to to places where obviously old age and other immunocompromised people are recovering who have COVID was insane. It was an insane decision. It was insane. And it was all about the money. And who was that guy that ran for governor that he, he made big bank off of it because he was a nursing home um, owner. Oh, anyway, remember. can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. Somebody will help. Somebody will Donald remember. Trump on the moon. The power of the That's subway disinfect. Man, it's, it's weird. Stock market opens. Follow the facts. Sea of Division, Arizona, Texas, Florida. Sea of Division. This guy. 
dude. I, 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 this guy was so bad. That guy was so bad. We better get back to the show. No, we should get back to the show. And, uh, you know, no, I think I want to say is, um, Ryan, yeah. That, he wouldn't. Can't jab, he <laughs> says, Ryan on Facebook says, you can't jab me, Kevin Wilson. You know what? I won't. I won't. Just because I respect your liberty, sir. You do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It was funny, though. Like, it, that was a tense time, man, back then. It was wild. Yeah. I, I, I have never said that vaccine should be required. Never once. Yeah. And I, and I know Ryan just teased me. Just uh... yeah. keep it, keep it, keep it accurate yeah. to the best of, you know. But the best jabs don't, aren't always 100% accurate. Yes. Oh, the best jabs. I see what you did. But anyway, yeah, you, you're, you're right. We should we should go back. And we, we got to oh. talk about our man, George Santos. That's what we're doing. We've got to, bro. We've got to. <laughs> George Santos. All right. Ah, oh, man. I, I drank all my beer, too. All right. Um, all right. So we're going to go back in... Five. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Monsieros today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Barry O'Connor. Kevin, as uh, regular viewers and watchers and radio listeners know, um, one of my big heroes of this last election cycle was George Santos, who crafted a completely like this this identity that hit all of the metrics like i'm a gay republican tech financer or, or tech developer and and amazingly enough most of it wasn't true he did a lot of shoddy kind of fundraising allegedly, allegedly. but in in a only six people have been expelled from the house of representatives George Santos was number six. And guys, frankly, I'm disappointed. And I'm going to start with this. Here's why. Due process has become an issue in our society. Now, George Santos has been convicted of nothing and accused of a lot of things. His fraudulent representation of himself is no different than what Adam Schiff does every single day. What Chuck Schumer has done for decades, okay? All of these guys are frauds, exaggerators, and liars. So, for George Santos to get kicked out of the Senate when Bob Menendez and Adam Schiff are still there, wow. okay? This is a travesty. Okay. This is an injustice. Wait, did you see, like, uh, John Fetterman talking about that? Oh, John Fetterman did a great job. He he could actually be my next hero. Like, he's really kind of taking it. Like, A, he's a snazzy dresser, which is important. Like, if you're going to be making statements, you need to dress apart. But he's out there going, how can we kick out George Santos when Bob Menendez is still a part of the Senate? And it it's a pretty valid yeah. point. Like, if, if we're going to wait for Bob Menendez to get convicted when he just narrowly escaped conviction in the past, like... This, yeah, this I mean, listen, if you're going to do that, like if you're going to expel people who are engaged in extremely shady behavior, um, Bob Menendez kind of seems like he's at the top of the list, right? Like, 
Again, someone who, who wasn't convicted, who hasn't been convicted, only accused of other crimes. The same way that George Santos has. He, he's been accused of many crimes, including stealing a member's mother's credit card at one point, too, to go and buy stuff with it. Um, like yeah. he's, he's got some he's got a very long list of wild accusations around what he's done. Um, and, you know, to yeah. your point, like the, among the, like the, the six members um, who, who were um, kicked out of Congress, they were all people who were like actually like convicted of the crimes or were like Confederates. Um, you know, they did committed actual treason. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and look, so, so one one point I want to stick my angry finger in in people that and guys forgive me for this, okay? But the GOP, a hundred and twelve people in the Republican Party voted to oust George Santos. Those same one hundred and twelve people would never, okay, guys. And this is the problem with the GOP. One of the many problems, because arguably. It's complicated, so we can cover all of it, but they would never vote to oust Adam Schiff because Adam Schiff has a lot of money, okay, or or whatever reason, because he's been there for years, and they'd make some excuse about his service, but the guy's a liar, a panderer, and, and look, he's a bad dude, but this system supports the system, so 112 members of the GOP did not stand on principle, the principle of due process, which is huge and right. we're losing it so, in our society. well let, let, let me make a counter argument right because uh, you know i've seen like a few sure. members say the process that they felt was adequate for their own purposes was that they had a a house committee investigation into what uh george santos had done and that the threshold for the house expelling one of its members isn't uh, guilty beyond all reasonable doubt. It's just enough for them to feel that their continued presence there, uh, you know, sullies the reputation of like Congress and, and the House of Representatives. That they are they're damaging ha, ha, to the institution. So, Tim, what what do you think of that argument? Arguably, there's there's probably of the the four hundred. 435 or so there has been serious allegations and financial misbehavior flat out lying to the american public and all of those things should be expo expellable offenses like expel all of them when I, are you saying that? expel all of them no but almost all of them have committed an offense at one time or another you know like stealing valor right and getting caught right. um adam Schiff creating false narratives and and lying to the american people and his fellow members of the house of representatives deliberately because of his anti-trump position right these things are dangerous to truth they're dangerous to arguably i don't like the word democracy anyway but they're dangerous to the the ability of a republic to function effectively and we do nothing about that. Uh, the system well, repeatedly supports the system over and over again. And George Santos was at least hilarious. Right. Well, at least, well, so what usually happens in cases like that is they, they do censure is, is what they'll usually use is, is someone who's making a, either a fool of themselves or just, uh, you know, being brazen in their political lies. 
uh, they'll censure them and then let voters decide if they want to face uh, reelect that person to Congress, which they, they very Congress could have very well done with George Santos, although he's um, I will say he's he's in a category of his own in terms of the long list of things that he's accused of. Um, sure. And, and like, but, it, sure. but, you know, to, to kind of reinforce your point, like in terms of like lying about straight up making up stories about his life, Joe Biden has also done this frequently, like famously yes. plagiarized, um, you know, during his, his first presidential election. Um, and, and just, Tells weird stories that didn't happen all the time, but uh, all the time. You know, he when he can even tell stories, Kevin, he's kind of losing that ability right now. It seems like I don't know if he needs more adrenochrome or or what it is, yeah. some, some more stem cells, something. But that dude needs some treatments, man. He's losing. I gotta go there, but um... <laughs> I know you you reel me back off this ledge. I, uh, no, no, I'm mad that they got rid of my man Santos. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> So in in terms of like, you know, what, what should Congress have done for this? Like I'm and I'm kind of sympathetic to your argument that maybe this should have just been left to the voters. They could have censured him. Uh and until he's committed of an actual crime, um, you know, he's been accused of crimes. There's a federal investigation around him, but there have been federal investigations around other members of, of the House before, and they haven't ex- expelled people other than the folks who were expelled for supporting the Confederacy and the folks who were um, expelled after they were actually convicted of like bribery. Um, yeah, well, there, there's that, that little bit of principle that I'm standing on here. Um, I, I don't, I'm not really mad that George Santos got kicked out or that George Santos is an imperfect human being. Um, I, I do want to reiterate that it's hilarious how he got elected and and the metrics that he used oh. and the virtues. And every used, everything about him is funny. Like we're and I I am certain that he is uh, going to continue to be funny in some way until he actually goes to yeah. jail. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, right now he's doing like like cameos. Like you you pay like two hundred bucks to get a cameo, Tim. That's he's nice. he's, he's making an honest buck that way. Just you know. And we should pay him 200 bucks to come on and free. Solution. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Drop 200 bucks on that. that. Um, and it, it is, a, he, he threatened to like expose all the other members of Congress um, for what they were doing too. And I'm like, all right, like I'm going to, he, he's going to bring some, some, some drama. Uh, and if he keeps being entertaining, like we'll, we'll probably keep talking about him, but. I hope I hope he does. All right. I hope he has some stuff that's fun to discuss um, down the road. But I think most of it, Kevin, you and I are are already familiar with. We've talked about it on other shows or as part of, of what made us um, libertarians in the sense that these guys are devoted to a system and and we can see through what they are. And, and the people that are commenting, our friends that watch this show and the WYSL audience all scores very high on that as far as I'm concerned, seeing seeing these people for being um, somewhat fraudulent, stealing valor, yeah. and and playing games of popularity to, well, to grow their own power to get reelected and to grow the power of the yeah. government. And, and, more, and actually, more so important. like that last point is really important. And I'm, I'm sort of stealing this argument from a podcast I was listening to right before the show is the Reason Roundtable one, where the reason why they expelled George Santos for his shenanigans and not all the other folks 
is that George Santos's political shenanigans were not politically useful. Uh, True. That makes perfect right. sense. And so, like, there, there's a bunch of, like, the stuff Adam Schiff does, he's still politically useful. Like, and, right. and the stuff that Chuck Schumer does, he's still politically useful. The stuff that Joe Biden does, he's still politically useful. The stuff that George Santos does, it doesn't help other members. Like, when he's making, like, a show of something or lying or whatever, it doesn't benefit their fundraising in any way, not even temporarily. It doesn't rile the base. Sure. Um, there's, there's no upside to it. It's all just... Man, I don't want to be associated with that guy. He's a mess. He he did a great job of highlighting how they played the game and then got caught, right? Like that that whole craft a narrative about yourself that is fits the narrative that society wants to see. Like the the gay Republican tech entrepreneur. Like people are like, wow, you know, like, wow, that's hot. That is so hot right now. That's what this district needs is a gay Republican tech entrepreneur. And that's like, yeah, he may not even be gay. He definitely not a very successful tech entrepreneur. And you know, yeah, whatever. They have lied about you know what a I mean? dozen it's... other aspects of his life. May have been misusing sure. campaign funds, you know, the, all these allegations. Uh, you know, He'll pay everybody back. He's in Congress now. They need to relax. They well, not anymore, Tim. <laughs> true. Not true. anymore. So you know he. <laughs> there's I don't know there there's there's so much messiness. This guy. I, I'm still I'm still shocked that he got elected in the first place. It just like because some of the stuff around him was like is our is already out there. It's like a thing and just like didn't get reported on. It's no one talked about it. Yeah. Or or no one cared. Yeah. I you know I don't know. Uh, it's. Well, people grab onto the platitudes, I think, um, which I get. And I think maybe in a sense, his service to society will be huge. People will stop grabbing onto the platitudes. Like, oh, Tim, now the, you're being maybe too they'll optimistic. do some real research before they cast a vote. I don't know. That would be crazy. Yeah, what? Um, it certainly did happen in Senate District 51, <laughs> right? Like, we did, you know, it just played out along party lines. That's it. So I don't know. <laughs> Shelly on YouTube says Santos didn't set off a fire alarm. Just saying. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you see that guy kind of entered a plea of, um, "I won't do it again." Like the, not a guilty plea. It's like, "Hey, I promise not to do anything like this again." And so he didn't get convicted of anything. He didn't admit to anything. Yeah. He's going to pay some court costs and some fines of some sorts. But basically. His record remains yeah, clean. Why not? Why not kick I, him I still, out? Right? Like, look at him like disrupting right. like procedures of Congress. The you know, just like the January sixth folks. Uh, and yeah, I was just gonna say, can we go right to insurrectionist? He he insurrected a, the duly process of the bunch of yeah, clowns. I mean, like like literally like you're you trying to delay a boat. That's like that's what he was trying to do, and that's not that's not an accusation. Like that's that's what he was trying to do, and he pretended like oh I didn't read the sign. Nonsense! It was right there. He took down the sign and then yep. opened it. He was trying to do it to disrupt the fire, vote, fire. and like again, he's abusing the fire alarm system, which is like I don't know. DC's they Congress exempts themselves from a lot of rules, but I still feel like that's probably a sure. crime, and like that seems like something like. You, you actually might expel someone for like, I, I'd be fine with that. Honestly, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit like mixed on the George Santos thing, but like, I don't know. Like if you're going to like set off a fire alarm to like disrupt the vote, like, no, no, like, get, yeah, get out of here. Like, that's not how we do things here or at least should do things. 
you're you're yeah yeah you're 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 still demonstrating a belief in that the these people are there's some honor left in this system I, i'm not convinced there anymore. Be. just like i'm no, 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 there, there, there should be though like that's again i like my, my, my anchor no. is like i'm i'm going to set an ideal for how congress should act and then be perpetually yeah. disappointed that they don't do that but like like my like my my like load stars like uh uh, uh Justin Amash, right? Like how he wanted to conduct himself and do debate and like, you know, have Congress function as like a, a body for like deliberation and getting like the functions of government accomplished. Uh, like he's an interesting guy to talk about that. He would have actually made a great house speaker for that reason. Um, he would have been, he, he, look, I think that he, he removed himself from that situation for the reasons that we're talking about right like that he just saw it for the farce that it is that nothing was being done and that everyone was just running around gesticulating yeah like exactly know. um that so, so that being said though we do have to call it a night thanks again folks for joining us here on a free solution on WISO. we're probably going to keep talking a little bit afterwards appreciate y'all being here have a great night folks Yeah, Shelly says, high school kids are now arrested for pulling the fire alarm now. When I was a kid, you got suspended. Same thing for a bomb threat. I take that stuff seriously. Uh, and it, with some understandableness now, especially for like bomb threats. But um, yeah, now if you pull a fire alarm, there's you know real consequences for it for some kids. And I, I don't know that that's right to treat a kid that way. But a full-grown adult member of Congress, yeah, man. Like, it, he knew what he was doing. Like, that's... That guy is he's so bad he, he's such an actor you know like he goes on tirades right like he, he's one i i saw this whole clip of him having like a, a friendly conversation with massey and then a reporter shows up and he starts screaming you know like gun control guns killing you know kids blah 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 blah, blah. it's like I, look i get that you want to make points i get that there are things that you want to passionately advocate for but when you're playing two cameras like it, you're not a serious person he's not a serious person he's a popular popularity hound he wants to be like whatever it's annoying man they're they're bad people oh <laughs> brian bedford out there my grandfather was a cross-dressing republican yeah he, he should be president of the united states that'd be perfect you know like, yeah, why not just that's where we're at that's where we're at <laughs> and here's Patricia clowns to the left jokers to the right stuck in the middle yeah we're kind of like I do feel get this sense of we're like the same middle and the rest of the world has lost their freaking minds I don't know that um, no I, I get it. it does feel like that sometimes um it's like hey a lot less government would be okay um I did want to talk about this little deal here Kevin I hope you don't mind I uh it would have been better for the show but look It'll get into a pragmatic libertarian issue for us. Um, our local community, Oneonta, New York, is is applying for another community block grant, downtown development micro grant um, program. Um, they've done a good job helping out people that I know. Whereas I would prefer lower taxes, 
guys, a better parking design for downtown Oneonta. I don't care what anybody says. It's a train wreck. When they did the urban renewal back in the late 70s, early 80s, they destroyed in and out parking where you can just pull out to the side of the road, jump out, run in, grab a coffee, drive away. Like they destroyed that. Um, it looks nice, but it's, it's, it's horrible. So anyway, get, if you have a business downtown, sign up for some money, free money from the government. You guys are probably generating sales tax. You're definitely generating economic activity. It, in a way, it's not even a grant, right? It's just a, a, a reclamation of your money. So that's how I see it as a libertarian. Go for it. That's what I'm saying. You're saying, you know. You should take that government money wherever you can get it. That's it's their it's money, their, Kevin. It's, it's taking it's back money. money. These little independent businesses generate a lot of sales tax. They look and like they have to deal with the things that I criticize about downtown Oneonta, the the bad parking, the ability to appeal to a wide audience. Like it's tough, right? You're you're stuck in a niche there. Yeah. So they they have a tough job. They really yeah. do. I, was, I, I kind of tend to to understand like. You know, I, I don't. Well, I think a lot of the programs that give away government money, whether it's massive corporate subsidies or even even smaller grants, are probably ill-advised and distort the market. Uh, that said, if you're a business owner, it's tough to survive, yeah. particularly in New York State. I, I get why you'd go after that. In the same way that, like, I think there are a bunch of people who tried to to, to play gotcha with like the pandemic relief funds, like the PPP funds, too, with with small businesses and like. Like part of me is like, well, I I get why businesses would do that because like as far as they're concerned, they're like the government made us shut down. We weren't able to operate effectively. Our customers and clients weren't able to operate effectively. Like this keeps us open. Um, because the government, you know, again, it's that that was an absolute classic example. I mean, depending on how you, you think about like pandemic response but a classic example to me of the government breaking your legs and offering you crutches but yeah um that's what and, they did and that's sure. what a lot of like ida funds end up being too and and the small business grants okay we've made this environment that's incredibly difficult for you to thrive in um here's a little something to, to feel grateful for us you're welcome um <laughs> kiss the yeah. ring for the, the cash I gave you. But again, as a small business owner, I don't blame you for going after that. I get it. You know, it's, um, you, you got to do what you got to do to, to keep your doors open, to keep your employees like getting paychecks. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, it, the, the government has created weird sets of challenges. They limit your rights. We're, we're in a high tax environment that's chasing people out of our area. They screwed up the parking back decades ago. They destroyed a whole street of businesses to do this urban renewal thing. It's like, so anyway, take the money. It's going to come around again. And I wish you guys all the best of luck, even though what I'd prefer is lower taxes, a growing economy and a, a, a a growing population in our area that's happening normally. Um, I did see some Kim Jong-il, one of these guys crying like, 
Our, our, our Kim, here it is. Kim, <laughs> Kim Jong-un weeps as he calls on North Korean women to have more children to stem birth rate decline. It's a worldwide problem, Kevin. It's not just the United States. Uh, he weeps. All right. Um, you know, have they tried feeding the people? I, just a thought. Like, if you, if you have enough food, it's probably easier to have a few more babies. I, just, I don't know. I know, like that's that's beyond the pale for a communist country, though. Like, so what do I know? Did that start playing noise in the background? Luckily, it wasn't the radio <laughs> show. <laughs> it's all right. But so they got rid of Santos. They, but they literally tracked the gold bars that were allegedly given by. Um, was that the Egyptians to uh, Menendez? Yeah, Fred Diabis or Diabis. Yeah. Um, they tracked the bars. This guy had them stolen from him. <laughs> so he had to, like, they were in police custody because the police recovered them for him. And so they have pictures of them. They have the serial numbers on the gold bars. It, it's just amazing. <laughs> like, they have this guy this time. He'll probably find a way to weasel out of it. He, he seems to, to figure it out. But, like, yeah, hit him too. Like, just cartoonishly like corrupt like he, he like I, if we could also find him with a big overflowing sack of money too like in giving like a thumbs up and a handshake to like a mustached character uh yeah like that it still wouldn't be enough to get him thrown out of the Senate. <laughs> probably it's just amazing where it's at it's just amazing where it's at though yeah. uh this guy is is obviously corrupt He's obviously skirting the system. He just barely, like I said, he just barely got away with it in the past. It was like, we talked about it on a show. I feel like it was a mistrial or something like that. Um, yeah. Can't remember the specifics, but he's not a yeah, good no, dude. Yeah. He, he, uh, he's been accused also of some very serious corruption issues. Yeah. Other, other things. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's more. But wait, there's more. Always more with that yeah, guy. It's, it's it's a lot. Um, so Tim, I know we were going to talk about like Venezuela possibly invading Guyana and and that whole imperialism thing. But you know what? I think I think I'm going to call it a night. I still got to edit this thing. Yeah, which is fine. But I just want to say that the promises of socialism that are undeliverable eventually will deteriorate into imperialism because does every that's time just the way it is does every time it work it's happened in the past we we have history to work with but check out what kevin's talking about yeah no it's that's the thing I, they're, I, they're they're having the referendum was what today right i think tuesday um and I, I didn't see how it all turned out but if the government wants to do this thing um you know <laughs> venezuela yeah. i'm sure could find a way to win the election that it wants to win well, psychopaths in power, yeah. Kevin, see that war can benefit economies in it. Yeah. And weird and stupid ways, if you can get people moving in the same direction, that I'm not going to say that there isn't a benefit. I'm saying it's soulless, it's wrong, and it destroys wealth. We're, you're missing the bigger picture yeah. because you're not I mean, seeing Venezuela, keep in mind, is is a an enormous country with like just a ton of resources and they were a rich country without having to yeah. go and steal Guyana's newfound oil reserves. 
Venezuela still has a crap load of oil. Like they could do great if they were just less shitty. Like that's all they like. And, and, you know, they, they had problems when they had a more free market economy, but not like this. I, I know. Like, how do they not see that? It's, it's wild. And another thing we didn't get to, and maybe we'll do it yeah. next show because we should have. But cold fusion reactor, perhaps going online in Japan. I didn't have time to research it, but I got a message uh, right before the show. So we're going to have to check cool. in. Unlimited that. energy. Let's go. Let's do it. God's a scarcity won't allow that, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we're going to call it a night, folks. Take care. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks. A free solution.